This is a Mainstand Musings original podcast. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the first bonus episode of the Fan Section podcast. Every week we'll be listening to our guests' all-time 11s from their club, starting with Burnley fan Alex Henley's today. Hopefully you've heard the interview with Alex and this was part of the same conversation, but it's more light-hearted in tone and edited far less. Please do enjoy and hopefully you'll learn something along the way. Let's move on to your all-time 11. So you know what to expect. In this team of 11, there are seven players from our 1960 title win. There are three players from our modern era, and there is one player from in between who is courtesy of my father. What formation are we going for? We're going for a formation that I don't think Burnley have ever played, which is 4-2-3-1. Okay, yeah, tried and tested. Tried and tested at other clubs. And this is purely to fit in the players that I wanted to include. There's no tactical nous behind this whatsoever. We will be playing Catanacho, just so you know. So, start in between the beans on toasts. Ah, ah, there's multiple. The goalkeeper is Adam Blacklaw, our goalkeeper for the 1960 title win. He was at Burnley from uh, 1956 to 67. This was pretty much our most successful period. We won the league in 1960. We were runners-up and FA Cup finalists in 1962, where we missed out on the double entirely of our own implosion, where we only won one game in the final 10. So we could have won the league because we finished runners-up and we lost the FA Cup final. But one win in 10 meant we, uh, we bottled both. Obviously, European Cup in 1960-61 because of winning the league. And then we were also in the Fairs Cup in 1967, which is like the predecessor to the Europa League. So this is our most successful period. Adam Blacklaw was our goalkeeper then. 383 appearances for Burnley. Uh, anecdote from my dad about Adam Blacklaw is that back in those days, it was completely legal to shoulder barge the goalkeeper to make him drop the ball. And that never happened to Adam Blacklaw because he was built like the proverbial. Is there an honourable mention there, perhaps a big Brian? An honourable mention... <laughs> Could, could be Brian. You know, I seriously toyed with Tom Heaton because there's, there's an argument to be made, which is a very facetious argument, that because of the athleticism of current players, our current 11 would probably beat an all-time 11 because the, the all-time 11 would, might be like half cut. <laughs> but I've not, I've not named Dean Marnie or anyone like that. But I did think about Tom Heaton because he's um, you know, obviously an incredibly skillful goalkeeper, England caps, unlucky at the moment with Aston Villa to have been injured um, ahead of a Euros, but maybe lucky for him that the Euros won't be happening um, for another year. I also have an honourable mention of Jerry Dawson, who is actually Burnley's all-time appearance maker. He played in the uh, 1910s and 1920s, won the FA Cup in 1914, but didn't play in the final. Um, it's a game that he's remembered for because he gave up his position because he didn't think he was fit enough. Um, obviously, back in those days, it, that wasn't really a thing. You'd, you'd play if you only had one arm. So, you know, very selfless of him to not play in the final. But I wanted to keep this all-time eleven personal in a way. Our all-time goal scorer, top goal scorer, 
isn't in it either because they're both players from the 20s who I don't know anyone that would remember. So I'd rather have gone for the 1960s, which which was, uh, although my dad was very young, was, was more his time and keeps it a bit more personal. So honourable mention at Jerry Dawson, over 700 appearances. Uh, an FA Cup winner. Seven hundred. Back in those, back in those days, they had a game at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, well, yeah, I could fit them all in back then. That's including seven hundred appearances, including the fact the first World War happened. So I don't know if he's, you know, I don't know if in his little logbook he's counted all the games he had with the Germans over the trenches, but <laughs> and he just wore his Bur- he wore his Burnley hat and counted it as an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Right then, on to your fullbacks. Our fullbacks today at right back. How many people can you say scored in a World Cup semi final? Don't answer that question. But one of them is Kieran Trippier. Obviously, not playing for Burnley, but I've gone for Kieran Trippier at right back. He is probably my all time favourite Burnley player. I absolutely adored him. I was so sad when he left. He was only here for four years, uh, 2011 to 2015, but he got 37 assists in 185 games, which is pretty decent for a defender. He's made 19 England appearances, including scoring a free kick in a World Cup semi-final. So I've included him as one of my uh, modern personal touches. Honourable mention goes to the 1960 title-winning right-back, John Angus, who was at the club for... What's that? 17 years, 1955 to 1972. And he was partner to the left back, who is in my team, which is Alex Elder. He was signed as a 17-year-old the year before the title win in 1960 and went on to make over 300 appearances, got 40 Northern Ireland caps. He didn't play, obviously so young. He was, I think he was maybe 18 by the time the title winning season came. He didn't play the first eight games, but then due to an injury, he came in and then never left, uh, never lost his place. Uh, so he's in at left back, and his uh, fullback partnership during the title winning was was uh, with John Angus, which is why he's an honourable mention. John Angus, interestingly, is from Amble uh, in the northeast, uh, which is very close to Walkworth, which has a lovely castle. <laughs> Right, <laughs> brilliant. Your centre backs. <laughs> centre backs. <laughs> centre backs. Now, there will be some Burnley fan who watched the title win in 1960 and will say, You can't play Brian Miller there. Well, you know what? I am. Brian Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, just killed the host. <laughs> Brian Miller um, played in a number of positions. He was, he was mainly wide midfield. He also played in fullback. It, I, I believe it was Brian Miller who started the season at left-back before Alex Elder came in. But he was known to play centre-half. Uh, and I needed him in this team. So he has gone in at centre-half. He, he's basically Mr Burnley, Brian Miller. Uh, he was at the club... Uh, from 1955 to 1967, played over 450 games. He obviously that means he won the league and was FA, FA Cup finalist in 1962 and played in Europe with us. Um, but he then went on to manage Burnley for nearly 300 games. 
uh, and as manager won the third division in 1982. His son and two grandsons all played for Burnley and his daughter married a Burnley captain. So you don't get much more Burnley. Mr. Bloody Uh, Burnley. Mr. Bloody Burnley. He did play once for England as well. And alongside him, I have Ben Mee. Uh, left-sided centre-back. Um, he is, you know, he's the current Mr Burnley, I'd say, joined in 2011, still here, club captain, uh, was vice-captain under Tom Heaton, so he's been captain for, for many more games than, than since he's been club captain. He's played over 300 games. Um, in his very first season at the club, we finished 13th in the Championship, and with him at centre-back, um, or left-back, depending on which season, he um, has seen us to seventh in the Premier League and been a stable Premier League club. So uh, Ben Mee is a worthy, has a worthy place in this defence. I would like your two holding midfielders, please. One we have from the title-winning team and a one-club man at Burnley from 1947 to 1964 is Jimmy Adamson. He was an ever-present in the season that we won the league. He was captain in the 1962 FA Cup final. He did play mainly wide, but he did occasionally play in the middle. So this is where he is in my team, because Burnley over the years have had an obscene amount of good wingers. He was named Footballer of the Year in 1962, and he was assistant to Walter Winterbottom at the 1962 World Cup in Chile. When Winterbottom uh, stood down as England manager, Jimmy Adamson was asked take over and he rejected it based on lack of experience and it went to Alf Ramsey instead so inadvertently he won England the World Cup he's got to go in purely for that he um, did also go on to manage Burnley for six years and won the second division uh, in 1973 as a manager so there's no way uh, Jimmy Adamson is is not going in especially not when he's from Ashington which means he definitely pronounced burger burger and alongside Jimmy Adamson is Stephen DeFore. So Stephen DeFore was only at the club for three years and he was crocked for four of them. He made 58 appearances and scored only three goals, which actually surprised me when I looked up his stats because for some reason in my mind he scored more, but I think it's purely that he only ever scored good goals. He scored an unbelievable free kick at Old Trafford in a two-all draw on Boxing Day in 2017. Um, And he's the best player I have ever seen play for Burnley. And for that reason, he's in the all-time eleven. While watching Burnley at Turf Moor and away games, I heard many of Burnley fans saying he's the most technically gifted player they'd ever seen. And Burnley fans who were old enough to remember the 1960s and therefore more technically gifted players would still say that he's, he's pretty much the best technical player that we have had in, in decades. So Stephen DeFore is in there pulling the bloody strings. So you're, you've got your now your three behind the striker. How are you arranging those? Is that two wings and an attacking midfielder? Two wings and a toad in the hole. Brilliant. Right then, we'll start with your wingers. On the right wing, we've got John Canelli. He was the winger during the title winning season. He scored 105 goals in 265 games, so certainly a winger who could score. Proven especially by being the top scorer in the title-winning season. Got 20 goals in 34 games. 
and he played 20 times for England. He was in the 1966 World Cup winning squad, but only played in the goalless draw against Uruguay because famously uh, we didn't play with wingers post that game. So a member, but not um, a star, unfortunately, of the 1966 team, but certainly a star for Burnley um, at the club from 1956 to 1964. And on the left wing, we have my dad's pick, really, uh, which is Leighton James, who was a Welsh winger, got 54 Wales caps, scored 10 goals, named hilariously closely to the Everton left back. <laughs> he was at the club for three separate spells, 1970 to 75, 78 to 80 and 86 to 89. But when he joined, he was, he was very, very young, maybe only 18, I think. And he was exceptionally talented. My, my dad says he's one of the first players he can really, really remember running down the wing, cutting inside and scoring, played with um, a lot of arrogance, which I think meant a few people didn't quite like him you know, within the team, but you, you can't, couldn't doubt his, his talent. Maybe like a, you know, a, a rich man's Ad, Abdel Tarrapt. <laughs> but um, he won the second division with Burnley in 1973. And then in 1974, we finished sixth in the top division and reached an FA Cup semi-final. And I think what he brought to the Burnley team is shown by the fact that the season he got sold to the champions of England, who were Derby at the time, we got relegated the following season. So he clearly contributed a great deal uh, to the Burnley team of the 70s um, and scored 81 goals in 399 appearances. Who's sandwiched between them then? Who's your number 10? Sandwiched between and in the hole is Burnley's greatest ever player, Jimmy McElroy. He was at the club for 13 years, won the league, played in Europe, FA Cup final, etc. Scored 131 goals in nearly just under 500 games. You know, there's not enough a Burnley fan could say to big up what a huge deal Jimmy McElroy is to Burnley fans, but also to Northern Ireland fans of the time, over 50 Northern Ireland caps. Brian Miller, who I have in my defence, said he's the best player he'd ever seen in Claret and Blue, and, and pretty much everybody agreed with him. Um, he, he was, um, in his older age, named, uh, he got an MBE, and his full title was President James McElroy, MBE, Freeman of the Borough of Burnley, um, which meant he could walk a sheep down the street or something. Yeah, his importance to the team, if you need sort of statistical evidence, is when Burnley was so, so close to winning the double in 1962, he was injured and out of five of the 10 games, which was when we only won one game that basically meant we blew the league and lost the FA Cup final. He's, you know, uh, uh, got a stand named after him. He is Burnley's greatest ever player, so he is in the hole. So no one's bigger than Jimmy, but you're going to try and surpass him with a centre forward. Who is it? So many choices, but I've gone for Ray Pointer because he's another player that, my dad spoke about a lot. I think Ray Pointer is probably the first player I can remember my dad talking to me about. Tall, bright blonde hair, centre forward, proper number nine, three England caps, scored 133 goals. He's Burnley's post-war, um, holds Burnley's post-war record for goal scoring. And yeah, he, from what I have been told, is a great leader of the line and he uh, seems like a great choice to be playing up there 
by himself. Well, it's one of those things, isn't it, with Burnley? They seem to produce, or at least generate, some really incredible strikers. Just in recent history, Danny Ings, Jay Rodriguez, Charlie Austin, Andre Gray, just people who come through Burnley and show off goal-scoring talent, which almost seems quite ironic considering the way Burnley typically play, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you, you're right in the way that we play almost shows off a striker's talent because we don't score a great deal of goals from other positions. We, we don't have wingers that, that score a lot of goals. There's not midfielders that chip in with 10 goals a season. So it really is on the strikers to, to be on form. And at the moment, you can sort of see that when Chris Wood is out of the team, we lose our integral focal point, the way that we play, we, it sort of collapses a little bit. And as you say, the players we've had in the past that have had incredible scoring records, Charlie Austin's scoring record for us in the championship is ridiculous considering that we finished mid-table, I think, in both the seasons that he was here. And Danny Ings could have been, in my opinion, I mean, after Kieran Trippier, my favourite Burnley player, if he didn't have those injuries, Danny Ings could have been genuinely very, very good. But yeah, so, so any of those you, you could conceivably put in this team because they've all proven to be Premier League goal scorers, which is incredibly difficult. But I have three honourable mentions for striker, which I will whip through really quickly. As I mentioned earlier, our record goal scorer was, was George Beale, who scored 187 goals, but he didn't win any trophies with us. But still, his scoring record is pretty incredible. As for goals per game, uh, in the 60s, but after we'd won the league, we had Willie Irvine, who uh, has 97 goals in 148 games. Uh, I think that's pretty much as good as it gets, um, as far as Burnley strikers go for, for ratios. And Andy Lockhead, who sort of took over from Ray Pointer in the, in the mid-60s, uh, played in the FA Cup final in 1962, who um, scored 128 goals for us. And he was the last Burnley player stopped playing for us in 1968. He was the last Burnley player to get 100 goals for the club. Andy Payton, who played for the club in, in the, the 90s and is by all means a, a complete Burnley legend being from the town, he got like 98 or something. But no, nobody's broken the century since. It's very difficult with Burnley for this all-time 11 because the 1960 team is, is so long. You know, even just a 1970s team is easier to remember in terms of, you know, your dad being able to remember these things. But even the 1960 team, my dad's sketchy on. So, you know, it, it's quite difficult because people's heroes with Burnley tend to be people from the 90s when we were scrapping away in the third and fourth division because that was when, the, like, you know, the diehard Burnley fans were still going on turf more and, and, and watching us in the lower divisions. And, and you get people who are now considered absolute legends, but... Unfortunately, there's no way you can put them in an all-time eleven when they only played in the fourth division. No. Well, you've thrown pointer up there, up top. If you're going to give someone the armband, who would it be? Jimmy Adamson, I believe. I think he represents Burnley in a way that, that there are other players in this, you could say, uh, uh, really represent Burnley in that way. But Jimmy Adamson, one club man. You know, he, he won Footballer of the Year. He was, he was the best footballer in the country. He was at the club for all of the successes in the early 60s and European football. And in the position that I've got him here in holding midfield, that's a pretty good place to have a, a captain. And if you're going to choose a gaffer? 
choose a gaffer. Well, that one, you know, I really, really wanted to make a case for Sean Dyche. I did. <laughs> but it's got, it's got to be Harry Potts, who was the manager from 1958 to 1970, and then again for a couple of years in the late 70s. He managed over 700 games with Burnley. He's our most successful manager. You know, won the league. European Cup quarterfinals in 1961, FA Cup final in 1962, quarterfinals of the Fairs Cup in 1967. When you look at what is written about him by journalists and football historians, it's, it's quite funny with, with how Burnley's considered now that Harry Potts basically invented 442 and um, is, is generally considered to have brought total football to England. Have, uh, which he got from watching the Hungary national team in the 50s and decided that it was, it was possible to implement it with a club team. Play 4-4-2, possession of the football was essential and, and there's, there's stories of teams uh, in that sort of era where they would even train without a football because you know, it, it, was, it was all about sort of army drills and you know, it, make, it would make you run after the ball more if you hadn't seen it through the week. Whereas, whereas Harry Potts was completely all about giving the ball away is a terrible idea. You have to keep it, and anyone on the pitch can score, which is shown by Brian Miller scored I think thirty-seven goals in his Burnley career, and, and he was essentially a defender. So, got to be Mister Potts. To wrap up, then, this team is going to be managed by Harry Potts. Your keeper will be Adam Blacklaw. Your fullbacks are Kieran Trippier and Alex Elder. Your centre halves are the old Mr. Burnley and the new Mr. Burnley, Brian Miller and Ben Mee. Your captain is Jimmy Adamson in midfield alongside Stephen Defoe. Your wings are John Connolly on the right, Leighton James on the left. And then you've got Jimmy McElroy playing in behind Ray Pointer. Well, that just about wraps it all up. There's 11 Burnley greats there and a number of honourable mentions to boot. Another big thank you to my guest, Alex Henley, and if you've enjoyed this pod, there'll be another bonus every weekend. You'll next hear from me on Wednesday, when I'll be speaking to Helen Murray about her Manchester United journey. All the best, and stay safe.